Lady what is this? Hey, everybody, and welcome to Show and Tell. It's me, Lady Ada, with me, Mr. Lady Ada, the OG hosts. Sometimes we have people from The Fruit uh, come host for us, but now you're stuck with us. Let's check in yeah. with people around the maker community. What are they printing? What are they soldering? What are they coding? Yeah. What are they long catting? It's also your sneak peek of um, some of the things that we do here at Adafruit right before Show and Tell. We have one of our weekly meetings, and we kind of go over all of our projects. It's our own little version of Show and Tell. Um, but we like to show our work as we work on things, so you get a sneak peek yeah. of what's ahead. All right, Mick and Melissa, what are you working on this week? I have been working on going through and updating the Blinka Display I.O. Uh, so that's more up to date with the CircuitPython's Display I.O. Because it was originally written uh, when CircuitPython 4 was out, and there's been quite a few changes uh, up to 8. And uh, so one of the things I've added is uh, added support for the monochrome and the grayscale displays. Uh, so this is one of the grayscale ones. And so I'm just going to run a little demo here. And there it goes, displaying uh, Hello World. It actually doesn't look flickery like that in uh, real life, but apparently with the camera it does. Um, anyway, so it's actually working really well. Before, it was kind of looking like a bunch of garbled stuff because it wasn't supporting grayscale at that point. Uh, so any, it wouldn't support anything under 8 bits per pixel. Okay, well, yeah, the OLEDs, they're passive, so there's a lot of... They, the flicker shows up on camera, not in real life. Uh, but it looks really good uh, and excited to get display IO support. But I want to say that the most impressive technological feat you have there is the sticker identifying that as a two gigabyte memory Raspberry Pi. Very That's because there's like three different varieties. So I, know. You're like, well, I, I label the, the twos and the eights and I leave the fours unlabeled. Okay. okay, cool. All right. Thank you so much, Melissa. Thanks. All right, JP, what you got cooking this week? Hey, I've got some uh, Legos and synthesizers and color sensing cooking. Uh, so this was a um, this is kind of a prototype I built and a little testing station for this idea that uh, Lamore had of revisiting a project Jay Silver did back at the MIT Media Lab, uh, which was a color sensing glove uh, that could sense the colors on some Legos and then play MIDI. Um, so we're going to try to combine this all in one as a synthesizer uh, rather than MIDIing out to something else. Um, but the first thing I had to do was take a color sensor and characterize some different blocks to find out uh, which ones work well and are different enough from from the uh, from the other ones? So that's why I built this kind of little sliding uh, rig thing here, and you can you can hear it in action. So here it's noticing a lime green one. I don't know how well you'll hear the synth, but it's, it's playing some notes. Uh, here's this little pink one here. When I'm over black or actually just not getting much light back at all, doesn't matter the color. I I turn off the notes so I can build up chords if I want. and then shut them off. Um, so this is kind of interesting. So some of the things I'm finding out is, for example, this lime green block looks a lot more green to that color sensor than this pure green one. This one is uh, just way closer to blue than than this one. So this one's actually a, a better one to to test on. So I've got some, some rigorous uh, Lego block color testing going on right now. Uh, and I'll also be trying out some different sensors. We have a couple of different color sensors, and I'm going to uh, see which ones work best for for this. This one is a pretty accurate one, but a little bit slow. It takes about 300 milliseconds for it to read all nine of the color channels that it can read, or eight. I can't remember how many it is. 
Um, so this is this is my uh, my little rig that I'm working with here, and I'll be showing this and some other stuff on the show tomorrow. So stop on by and and uh, and come and see where this is headed. All right, looks good. I saw in Lego news that they were thinking of doing recycled um, bottles as their substance for Legos, but it turns out that's not uh, eco-friendly. Yeah, um, I yeah. Like the, the math on like, oh, like let's try to figure out the you know because everyone wants to figure out like what what's the least wasteful thing. Yeah. Turns out, um, recycled um, plastic bottles take some um, energy. <laughs> are, yeah, it's like it's more energy to do it. So it'll be interesting to see what what Lego does. Yeah. Um, I think they use whatever form of petroleum. <laughs> yeah, these are ABS for the for the typical. That's yeah, yeah. I, I have a philosophy that like, you know, this is just a, a philosophy. Not a lot of people maybe agree with this, but I think designing something well that lasts a long time and is yeah. is not a fad is more important. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you know, I, I made it. We have a, a, you know, a joke that um, my friend had a kid and uh, they didn't want to tell the mother unless this happened. They didn't want to tell the mother-in-law because it was like early. They didn't want to tell the, the, the mother-in-law. So by, by coincidence, the mother-in-law emailed or called one day and said, oh, you know, I'm going to throw out some of the stuff. We're cleaning the house and we yeah. found this gigantic box of Legos. Gee, I, I was going to just toss them out. And the son said, no, don't throw them out. Keep them. I'm going to pick them up next time I'm there. And she said, are you going to have a kid? Ah, <laughs> it's so funny ah, that like, ah, like, I want all my toys back. I think the repairability of things, and that's what we strive for, like publishing the source code, publishing the plans, and then make something repairable yeah. um, that you, you actually own is the way to go um, for sustainability. Absolutely. Often it's just, it's hard to come up with a material um, that's of this planet that still doesn't require yeah. Something to yeah. make something. So. That's something yeah, you did the wooden, wooden Lego blocks. You yeah. Out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, JP, thank you for continuing to be a champion of uh, reuse and reuse yeah. for all sorts of things. Absolutely. All right. Oh, Let's go to. I should get credit for recycling all the Media Lab projects. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to Scott with some interesting, amazing displays with CircuitPython. Hello. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I realized I was in show and tell because I was writing an, up an issue and I was like, oh, wait, I should pay attention. Um, so what we've got here is uh, this is a prototype uh, qualia board here. And you can see I've started to try and label my stuff as well. Um, all my ESP boards, I've started adding labels for uh, what the module is because those are you know, kind of, you can read them, but they're not like pleasant to read. Um, so I've been trying to label those with my my Goodwill label maker. Um, but uh, thanks to Jeff for doing the hard work on the mm -hmm. RGB matrix stuff. Uh, I was able to get this round display working. And uh, I have this like display ruler, I call it, where it's like got some of these different colors and um, different uh, measurements uh, for a display. Uh, I have a rectangular vision. And with the round one, I wanted to make one that um, that measures out the round display. So you can um, see that it's like, this is 480 pixels round. Um, so the this is the 400 line and then the 500 line is off the screen. Um, and then this color bar here is like super useful for knowing that your, your uh, colors are in the right order. Um, and it was also super useful when I was doing the uh, seven color e-paper support where it like, tries to pick, you know, the most appropriate color. Um, so I found these like display ruler bitmaps really helpful. Um, and so I made a round one. 
to test this display that Jeff added support for. Okay, well now that we're, we're you know, we you you helped uh, review the PR and we merged in support for doc clocks. Yep. Uh, what, you know, what project do you think would be cool to make with some of these funky, weird displays and high resolution images and touch screens? Um, well, <laughs> well, the thing I think I'm most excited about is actually not a display, but the uh, chip that I pointed you to that does RGB to HDMI. Mm. Oh, oh, uh, they're not out yet, man. You're dropping all the see. secrets. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, like, I've had this long, long quest for HDMI because, you know, we have so many screens that take an HDMI and, uh, and that's another way that we could get there. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. So. Okay. Yeah. The other thing you need about HDMI is it makes us recording demos of what's going on the screen a lot easier too. So. Yeah. And, um, one thing I've been thinking we could do with high speed USB is we could actually like pretend to be a webcam with display IO output would be neat too. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. you can capture it straight from the device as well. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, Scott. Thank you both. All right. Speaking of Jepler, Jepler, what you got going on? Hello. If you want to go to my down cam, I'll show you. Uh, first of all, I found this blast from the past just in my drawer. So uh, looking at the date on it, it's like the people who are in middle school today, Raspberry Pi computers have always been in their world. And that's pretty wild. They're now grandparents. And. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, Lamore spoiled what I was going to show, which is long cat. You're showing it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we got this display working just today. It has some quirks. There are 80 pixels over here to the left of the display that go nowhere. So we had to add support to CircuitPython for that. And it's like really picky about the timing. But we're doing it now, so that's great. The other thing I'm going to show you is you've talked about kind of the tearing as you load different images. CircuitPython looks weird while it's loading an image, so I'm just going to restart the code here, hopefully. Um, let's just hit the reset button. Sure. And um, this is booting up the display, booting up CircuitPython, but it kind of goes a little bit chunky, but also a little bit irregular, which is weird. And I think this has to do with um, the stuff. Th this microcontroller has a cache, and when it writes to the PSRAM, it goes in the cache first. And only when you flush the cache is it guaranteed to be seen by the display peripheral. Hmm. Otherwise, it might see it or it might not, depending on the details of the cache. So it's interesting that it looks like that, and it looks a little weird. But once it's done, it's it shows and is stable. So, yeah, BMPs anyway. are also weird because um, you know they they draw from the bottom up. Like there's all BMPs are very funky in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's funny stuff. Anyway, the last display which I hope to get in tomorrow is this slightly smaller um, version of the same thing. But you've promised me it's not it's not crazy. It'll be just fine. This one, Let's yeah, see. the 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 that bar display with the long cat is the weirdest display because you have to initialize it over SPI. It's got this weird you know it's 900 it's it's vertical so it's 900 pixels tall and the memory inside is 400 but it's really only displaying 320 pixels right. wide so there's like it's you know and i even emailed the company i was like why'd you do that and they're like yeah we don't really know and i'm like okay <laughs> uh, you know maybe it's like leftover so there might be some like mathematical reason why they did it um so it's definitely the, the weirdest uh, you started with the easiest square display then did the round displays that scott showed and then the long display but um, you know, you're gonna take off for a bit. So this was a great uh, finish. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll be away for a few weeks. Is it actually how long the long cat is? This is not how long long cat is. So I did a little research into this because I was all new to long cat, but the original long cat is shorter than this. Yeah. If you look, um, this is like Japanese lettering and right here is a weird anomaly. So they've doubled the middle yeah. part of long cat for this one. That's not a regular cat. And then I had to stretch it by about 10% to yeah. make it be the size of the screen. So well, this is a lie. The long cat is a lie. Oh no. <laughs> well, you fooled me. Um, what a beautiful long cat. Are yeah. we going to have a slightly shorter long cat for the <laughs> <laughs> Well, this one, this long cat won't be quite as big. Yes, yeah. the, the, the proportion. And there, you know, I have a display that's eight inches and it's, you know, the same, like there's that mm -hmm. display, but eight inches tall. So that'll be the longest cat. Yeah, I yeah. think, I think what I want to do with this display, this looks like a kind of digital desk clock yeah. display. So yeah. put some nice big letters on it, that blinking colon. Um, yeah. That's what I want to do. I definitely think that even the bar display, you know, you've seen um, like fake Nixie clock, you know, people just sort of like, we can get Nixie, mm -hmm. so like a fake clock. Uh, we might. Oh, make, yeah, we could do some Nixie style bitmaps. That would be fun. Yeah, all yeah. well, the stuff you're going to miss out. Bye. <laughs> 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 all right, well, thanks so much, Jeff. Excellent. Work. All right. And um, this is one of those times where, you know, we have these memes burned in our head from a while ago and we finally can put them like the long cat meme was made for these displays and it was made for you know folks to be like oh yeah i remember that in like long display oh long displays i could put this long cat on there and now it's really easy with circuit python i can drag and drop an image because before it was like couldn't really do stuff like this so good work this will be a lot of fun for a lot of people yes and as so, right. uh, drop in uh hints there will absolutely be pi portals for each one of these yeah so. yeah i mean that's all like we're gonna have a, a different permutation of pi portal we can do round displays now we can do ink we can do a lot of stuff now it's just been really hard um until recently the hardware is finally there yeah. and yeah. available and now the we wanted to make something easy um you know my my little gripe my little rants that i've had is like there's you can buy stuff from aliexpress um you can get stuff from even like WaveShare, but the, it doesn't you don't maybe you get a demo that works but that's it Maybe if you're lucky. And there's just a lot of stuff. Speaking of e-waste, a lot of folks buy stuff, they put it in a drawer and then they never really use it because it's like, oh, the only thing that worked was a demo. So we want to make sure whatever we release, you can actually use and do. And people aren't just like, hey, like I got the demo working, but nothing else. Like we saw that we waited. We saw this feedback across like everywhere for any unique display. And we want to make sure that doesn't um, become the experience for anyone. Not to dunk on any particular thing. I get it. Like Here's cheap displays, get them. But there's a lot that goes into it to make them work. All right. All right. Thank, thank you, you Jeff. Jeff. Noe, what you got going on this week? Hey, folks. Uh, this week we uh, wrapped up the guitar, the synth guitar. It's a CircuitPython project using the SynthIO module. Um, collabed with Liz to do the code for it. And I 3D printed, designed the SG inspired uh, guitar body. So we got a speaker inside the headstock and we got some Neo keys and a fun uh, strum bar, which is inspired by the Guitar Hero game controller. So we can do some fun 8-bit kind of sounds. We got the accelerometer controlling uh, the filter. So we can do a low pass and a high pass. It's polyphonic, so I can play different uh, different notes together. And then we have a couple of rotary uh, encoders that can change 
um, the octaves and um, the LFO rate, so kind of like a trem trem tremolo effect. I like the chiptune sound effect. Yeah, this is the uh, the sawtooth. It's been a lot of fun. We had um, Pedro made one too, so he had his uh, his kids play around with it, and they they helped us kind of do a little bit of a, a video demo on it. So it was really fun for them to uh, to play with it. Um, but it's yeah, really how good the three D printing. It looks like a fit, like not that it never looked like a finished product, but it really looks like a finished good. Thank you. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, the filaments are those kind of glitter infused filaments. So it, it, it gives it a really nice kind of shiny, um, yeah, shiny look to it. And uh, you get that um, that kind of texture on the PEI powder coated beds that are flexible, so they're they're really nice. You can get some yeah. really fancy state filament. All right, well, a great collaboration. Um, we got Synthio from Jeplar, Liz with the interface code. Y'all did the three D printing. Um, big teamwork effort. Yeah, thank you. Um, right. Check out the uh, learn guide; it's live now, and hopefully, folks can uh, can build their own. All right. Thank so you. Nice. All righty. Next up, let's go to Flying Things, and then we're going to go to Gustav. Flying Things. Oops. We're on Ooh, I don't know why I'm really small. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. You're tiny, uh, but you're there. I don't, I don't know, know why that is. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mike, I'll still go. <laughs> this is fine. All right. So, uh, I have an upgrade to my costume. Yeah, you were on before and it was looking great. Oh, oh cool. yeah. Hello. Yeah. So I have I have wireless paws now. There's no wires, but Ooh. It's hard to frame. <laughs> but also so I control. Oh nice. Oh, that's cool. So you can select yeah. color mode, blinking, and other eye patterns. Oh, that's cool. That's a nice effect. It looks like. Oh, that's cool. And, I, and then on this one. Oh, oh now you got music. Yeah. Oh. You got synthesizer. How fun yeah, is that? It's using this synth IO. Oh, cool. Well, hot off the press with that, too. Wow. You're integrating yeah. like the newest yeah. <laughs> and best into the flying squirrel technology. Yeah. And I also have an air guitar. This. Oh. oh, keeping with the theme of uh, Circuit Python powered guitar. Oh yeah, look at that. <laughs> That's a really good idea because it's hard to play an instrument in a costume. Yeah. So if you did air guitar, you'd actually be able to play the instrument. It is not working. Exactly. That's working. okay. No, we got we got the gist of it. Yeah, we we, we know it works. It's yeah. just you know, yeah, live I, demos are tough. I, I, I can make a video too. Oh, yeah. cut down a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, it, excellent work. Keep coming back with any updates and more. That looks fantastic. So cute. Yeah. Good work. I love the little paw pad. Those are great yeah. little paws. This is great. The toe beans. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So by the way, we don't set out to make Circuit Python and Synthio and all the things for that particular project. Like that's not what we start off with, but that's the destination you get when you release things out as open source 
and have tutorials and guides and make it easy. But we look costuming. You, you get all this, yeah, you get all this stuff because people can make things with the things that you make. Uh, that's really cool. Okay, Gustav, play us out. What do you got going on? Hello. I, I've been on here a few times making little remote controls for my board game timer. And so I got a new one. And wow. so this time I, it is a, um, it's a reverse TFT, um, it's a reverse TFT ESP32 with uh, GG keys accelerometer on the back. Okay. And I've also uh, tacked on a little piezo buzzer on there so I can play little tunes. And I programmed it so that the screen will rotate whenever it always follows around. There we go. Oh, yeah. And I had to write some code so that the text and the icons, so I got icons here showing what the different buttons will do. Oh, nice. And so when I rotate it, the, the icons will follow Ooh. around and re, you know, rotate around so they're always facing the right way. And I can even um, resize the text oh. and reposition the text depending on the orientation of the board. So that's kind of nice. And of course, the buttons will do different things. So I have my um, game timer here. Uh -huh. Not sure how I'm going to do all of this in one go, but as you see here, the it says there. Uh, see here. Good oh, stop. It goes to the next player. Yeah. Um, wow. Wow, you got that's like pretty intense to sync to synchronize. That's hard to do. <laughs> that's hard. So my previous remotes have been not using Bluetooth which is then immediate. But here it goes by MQTT. So this device writes to an MQTT broker, which the app reads from. Yeah. Like game state topic, and then it's got a command topic. So this one writes commands, and then the app writes the game state. So that allows me to do using Wi-Fi boards instead of uh, Bluetooth boards. Yes. And so we I don't have Bluetooth that. support yet, and yeah, exactly. CircuitPython was coming maybe, working on it. And also, it means that um, there's no um, there's no uh, uh, pairing step involved either. So that's yes, kind of nice. that's right. And, and you see here that this red color here is kind of a darker red. So then I make the text white. Yeah. Not to see here, but now we've got uh, white text on a dark background. And if I go to the next player, yeah. which has a light okay. background, the text goes. Yeah, yeah, it's like gamma color matching is tough, but it looks yeah. the yellow looks really good. And let's see if I can get it to zoom in here. The thing that was the most challenging was to get the half transparent icons to match the background of you know any color background. So I had to write some code so that I have an alpha opacity layer. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So for every time I change the background, I then recalculate the palette of the bitmap so that I can get you know fake half transparency. It's not true transparency, but it will look transparent against a, a solid color. Um, so I've written up all that code as well. I've um, released it on GitHub and I wrote it, um, a guide for how to build uh, this. Oh yeah, and if I shake it, it does, uh, Done. It does an Back undo action. Oh, so that's cool. That's fun. And if I turn it face down, game paused. it pauses the game. And yeah. If I Turn it back up again. It. I love using that as a gesture. I love just the simple gestures. It works really well. I, I do like you know shaking to undo. Like people are getting used to this idea of like you you move the device. 
Yeah. Turn upside down to pause. It's a good idea. I've, I've used that for some of the other remotes, and people really do use it. Like, it's a natural. You yeah. turn yeah. the face down if you want to pause it. And, um, it's um, you know, when so you get used is, to that, and you pick up something, and you think it's supposed to do that, and you're like, oh, wait, it doesn't do yeah. Um A friend of mine saw this and said he wanted to 3D print me a hourglass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be, uh, you know, a, a few weeks or a month or something like that. For yeah, you could do like even with an LED matrix and do it because it looks like sand. Yeah, you could yeah, do it that we, way too. We, 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 we got plans, so but I'll yeah. come back for that. But yeah, so this is, uh, I'll, I can post the link to the guy. Yeah, that's the link in Discord. Especially the code around how to do the half transparent uh, opacity for uh, icons and then moving them around and rotating them and text depending on the rotation. It's kind of useful. So. Okay. Outstanding. Wonderful. All right, thank you so much. Excellent demo. Thank you. All right. All right. That's our Perfect show for timing. tonight. Um, you know, one cool thing about NQTT, we have um, a video about it where it has a little bit of history. Um, it was used in like Facebook Messenger, and before yeah. that, it was like AT and T's oil pipeline management yeah. thing because you needed to have um, the ability to have a connection that may or may not uh, be reliable. Yeah. But there's cool things like dead Satellite. man, dead man switch, where like if you don't get Yes. Um, it's, something it's after a, last, a period of time. It's called the last will. Yeah, last will. Yeah. Um, all sorts of neat stuff with these protocols. Um, and we have that with Adafruit IO, and you can use that with um, Wi-Fi, um, which is pretty much the, the, the best use of it, because not everyone's going to have Bluetooth stuff um, anyway. So you can use it disconnected yes. um, from far away, too. Because you're, right. you're not relying on your, for... your PAN, your personal area network. Oh, my PAN. Yeah. My LAN, my WAN. Yeah. My flan. Yeah. All right, cool. All, All right. wrapped up. Already. Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks for making this our favorite half an hour of the week every single week. We do show until every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Come share your electronics or hardware. It can be absolutely anything that you made built. can be retro stuff that you want to uh, have a uh, blast from the past. All of those things are welcome. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you on Ask an Engineer in just a few minutes. Bye-bye.